Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to react to the San Francisco 49ers 37-34 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders in overtime as San Francisco advances to 12-4 on the year, now have nine straight victories, and are now the number two seed in the NFC playoff picture. And they have a chance. Everybody was telling me it's never going to happen, Sterling. But the San Francisco 49ers, albeit fleeting, albeit a long shot, still have a chance to become the number one seed in the NFC if they win on Sunday against the Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles happen to fall to the New York Giants. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yes, I'm telling you. There is a chance, but no, I did not give the Raiders a chance when I previewed this game, and oh my goodness, they not only had a chance, they had every chance to win this game. 37-34, to 34, who the heck was that Jared Stidham we saw on the field on Sunday? That was not the same guy that was in New England. And that was not the same San Francisco 49ers defense we have seen over the past eight straight games. The defense that we saw on Sunday was a team or a unit that now has fans questioning, does it have holes? Do they have weaknesses that maybe were not exploited ever since that Chiefs game at the midway point of the season? Now we know that this Niners team as a whole is not that same team. Who this team was pre-Christian McCaffrey and post-Christian McCaffrey trade is not the same. And that goes for both sides of the ball. This defense, albeit banged up, lost to the Falcons and the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Bears. And I can argue out of three of those games, that defense did not look great. The Bears game. Gave up big plays. The Falcons game gave up big plays. The Chiefs game gave up big plays. And albeit sporadic, throughout their eight-game winning streak, San Francisco's defense has done or has given up some big plays. Coming to mind, some Saints plays that were called back due to penalties, albeit they don't count, but they could have happened. The Commanders had a big Jahan Dotson play that was dropped. That could have been a big play. And, of course, the Dolphins game, first play of the game, and the Tyreek Hill touchdown later in the game. Like, this defense has shown that its biggest weakness might be the home run ball, albeit they don't do it a lot. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. When you have receivers that can get deep, a.k.a. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, like when a team has or an opposing offense has elite offensive weapons, we have seen San Francisco's offense, I don't want to say falter, but there have been cracks in what has otherwise been a fully covered, fully complete armor. And in this game against the Raiders, I, I think we did see some of those cracks. Now the question is now, okay, is that going to be common? Is this game more indicative as to who San Francisco's defense is going to be? Or is it who they were? 
right? Was this a, a, a blip on the radar, or is this going to be common? Is this going to happen more often? And I think it coincides with the big question of, which many fans wanted this, of or, or, or questioned, should San Francisco lose a game? In their last two, three weeks, whether it's the Commanders or the Raiders or the Cardinals, should they lose a game? How many games can you win in a row? Can you win 14, 13 games in a row? Like, that doesn't seem doable. And I never bought into that argument, that, that side of things, but I did, I did ask myself, I asked you as well, would it be better if they just struggled? They had a grinded out, you know, gutted out to the end victory. And I think this game on Sunday is exactly what San Francisco needed. Look, whether it's in life, on the football field, even sometimes, like, I love going to the gym, right? But there was a thing called ego lifting. When you think you're strong enough, or you try to lift more than you physically can, and in return, your, your form suffers. You hurt yourself, which then your body hurts, your body aches, or the muscle you're trying to work out Really, then, like, if you're curling, then your back gets involved and your shoulders get involved, which that's not supposed to be the case, right? Whether it's in life, you know, whether it's your job, whatever it may be, there are times in our lives where we might get too confident, and sometimes you have to get knocked down a peg. Now, thankfully for San Francisco, somehow, some way, they found themselves, despite getting really knocked on their ass, they found themselves a leg up, which this game is the best case scenario for San Francisco. Not only did they win this game, but they struggled to win this game. Their defense, you know, quote unquote, got exposed in this game. It allows them to go back to the drawing board and say, where do we need to fix these potential critical errors? Where do we need to, you know, go back to the the chalkboard and say, okay, you know, this needs to get cleaned up. Hufanga, how many big plays are you going to give up this year? I love you. You're a pro bowler. There's been a lot of big plays you've given up this year. Where should our communication be on the field? Lenore, he had a rough game on Sunday. Do fans, do you, does Demeco Ryans trust him to guard these top end receivers? Like, I would not want to play Minnesota with Thielen and Jefferson and Hawkinson if Lenore is number two. And, and, and that's someone who I have really praised since Mosley got hurt. Like, L Lenore has been really good this year. Now, he struggled recently against the Commanders and the Raiders. So, again, the question becomes, is that going to be common for him? I don't think so. But I do think on Sunday... The Ra like the Raiders, <laughs> San Francisco didn't have a sack. Like they didn't do anything really well in regards to what they're normally doing well, right? They they got pressure, couldn't get a sack, right? They were bad in coverage, gave up seven plays of twenty plus yards. There are things that happened in this game that should concern fans, or at least open the door for concerns. But I want to tell you and explain to you that the concerns I don't think are things that should keep you up at night of, 
you know, this team may not be able to go to the Super Bowl because of these things, or, or, or this may cost them late. Of course, these things could cost them. It cost them in this game. It cost them against the Falcons and the Chiefs. Like, any defense that gives up big plays, that's going to cost you, no matter who you play and when you play them. But this game was the best-case scenario. Again, your defense was not good. Gave up 34 points. Now, albeit, should, should not have had to go to overtime. So it should have been one takeaway, right? 34 points. You win 37-34 if Gould makes that kick in the fourth quarter when the time expires. But again, my point really just is that this game on Sunday against the Raiders, where it felt like you escaped. It felt like you're watching a sequel to John Carpenter's Escape from New York or L.A. Like, you, you escaped from Las Vegas. <laughs> like, like you are Snake Plissken, Brock Purdy, and you escaped from Las Vegas unscathed. Like, I don't know many teams that can say we were almost beaten by a far, far, far down the road worse team than us that had just benched their starting quarterback. That many, and I would think, the players, too, would say we took lightly. I took the Raiders lightly on New Year's Day. I said 35-10. to 10. Now, I had the Niners 35 pretty close, but, <laughs> like, the Raiders' offense, they did their job. The Niners' defense did not, but thankfully, it's not like this was the NFC Championship game where you're like, wow, I don't know about that. Or it's not like a game like this, like... My mind goes, or, or for a good example, my mind goes to that Bengals and Titans game last year in the playoffs. Was okay. Like, what is the Achilles heel of the Bengals? They cannot block, or like they cannot protect the quarterback. Joe Burrow got sacked seven plus times in that game. Now they won the game, right? And so that didn't kill them. They had time to readjust. My point more so is that. It's not like, like, just like that game. The Bengals, in a playoff game, they got exposed offensively. That Joe Burrow was going to take hit after hit after hit. But that team still was able to make it against the Rams in the Super Bowl. This Niners team isn't even playing in a playoff game. And I could argue that they did not get exposed as bad as the Bengals did. I could argue that... Having, like, thankfully, and I wouldn't normally say this, thankfully there's 18 weeks. They can now try new things. They can adjust to new things. They can play a Colt McCoy or a non-Kyler Murray, non-Buda Baker-led Cardinals team. Might not, like, DeAndre Hopkins might not even play. Like, the next week against the Cardinals, you can try some stuff. You can say, okay, where do we mess up against the Raiders? Let's make the adjustments against the Cardinals and try to fix the errors. And if you get lucky, you might even have an extra week to fix the errors. So, and I don't think fans are seriously considering saying, wow, this defense was bad and, I, and I'm worried now. But I do think that, like, for the fans that wanted this team or thought this team should lose a game to, you know, you know, get smacked in the face, pick yourself back up. You got smacked in the face. And you picked yourself up in overtime 
And the difference is that you can still win the one seed because the Saints did their job and the Packers did their job. Like, I don't leave this game saying, oh my goodness. And, 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 and this is the biggest takeaway. I leave this game having more confidence in the offense than I've had all year long. All year long, because now I know, and I think, look, Brock Purdy for me has checked literally or going into this game has checked every box for me. He won his first game against the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, right? He won on the road in Seattle, right? He's played from behind now against the Raiders. He's won two road games, right? He's shown he can command the offense in the NFL. He has poise in the pocket. He can escape pressure. He can make big plays. Like, he is a playmaker in himself. Now, he'll have struggles. He's a rookie. But those are going to happen. Even the best quarterbacks have struggles. Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, everyone has their bad games. I mean, for God's sakes, Lamar Jackson threw like four picks against the Titans in the playoffs three years ago. His MVP year, he lost in the first round. Like, it's not like the top guys don't make mistakes. Brock Purdy not being a top guy is going to make maybe even more mistakes. That's that's the territory you're in. But after this game, I go, wow, I don't know what box I need to be checked still for a Brock Purdy-led offense. Now, look, I'm not going to put it up there with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow, but ask yourself this. What is the one thing you still need to see from Brock Purdy. Like, genuinely ask yourself, where do you think Brock Purdy, I don't want to say struggles, but where do you think that you need to see him succeed that will set you over the top in believing he's not only the guy this year, but could be the guy to command the offense in the playoffs, and hopefully, at the end, hoist the Lombardi Trophy. I don't know if I have a box left unchecked. I really, I'm not sure. I cannot think of one box where I go, okay, he still needs to do that. On the road, done it twice. Beat the greatest quarterback of all time. Beat the head coach and the team that has given this Niners organization trouble ever since he got there in Pete Carroll. Beat a top 10 offense. Beat a top 10 defense. And played from behind in Las Vegas, which many fans, albeit they would have said it more so at Derek Carr or thought Carr's going to play, would have said it, it, it's a trap game. Anytime you play what was once one of the most hated rivals to San Francisco in the Raiders, it's a rivalry game on the road, New Year's Day. You are setting yourself up for a trap game, albeit not Jared Stidham playing quarterback. You got Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs. Like, that was one thing I pointed to and said, I think Jared Stidham's not a great quarterback, and I still think that. Sometimes they just have good games here or there, right? Even Nick Foles threw six touchdowns in a play or, or in a game, and he won a Super Bowl, and he sucks. He's not good. <laughs> like, you can point to his career and say, yikes, right? But... The Raiders have a great, or they have a, they have great offensive weapons. 
And I did think that, well, I didn't think they'd score as many points by all means. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but like, I did think they were going to, like, they could poise a threat. I didn't think it would happen, but I thought there was a chance, albeit very slim. Thought there could be a chance something like that happened. Because Dante Adams is great. Waller's amazing. And look, I'm not trying to point the fingers at people, but like Hufanga, how many times do I have to see you early in a game give up big plays? Against the, the Dolphins, against the Chiefs, against the Falcons, against the Raiders. If you allow a team, like momentum means everything. And I can, I don't want to guarantee, but I would like to think I could guarantee that if a statement is not made by Jared Stidham and Darren Waller on that first drive because Ufunga blows coverage, like if San Francisco comes out and it's a three and out, it sets the tone for the game. Jared Stidham does not have the one drive, the early drive to go, I can score against the number one defense in football. That doesn't happen. Chain reaction, dominoes fall. What does the rest of that game look like? I can argue it may not have been 34 points in a, in a needed overtime period to win the game. I do not think if Ufanga, and it's not just his fault, like there are plenty of other things to point to. Like Brock Purdy throws a pick on an underthrown ball to George Kittle. You can't do that. Like Your timing has to be better. But Chris McCaffrey was great in this game. Ayuk was great in this game. Kittle was good in this game. But one other glaring issue that I do think has caused problems, and trust me, I'm not going to complain the whole podcast. I, I, I promise. My New Year's resolution, don't complain too much, right? It's a new year. It's 2023. New year, new, new me. Yeah, you know, all that crap, right? But one other issue that we have seen creep up here or there and it, it, and it hits at the worst moments, right? Not usually in big games, but it happens when you least expect it, is the frickin' penalties. Where you have a team on third down, and it's third and 15. Oh no, face mask, Fred Warner, leads to a Devontae Adams touchdown. Oh no, P.I. in the red zone, or the end zone, what does it lead to? Touchdown. When... You are trying to, or when you have your own offense backed up in your own red zone, and you're saying, oh no, just get a first down, or at least give your punter some room to hopefully not allow the opposing offense to start on your side of the field. Trent Williams' false start, Trent Williams' holding call, leads to a short punt, Raiders touchdown. Like, I could argue San Francisco hurt themselves in this game just as much as the Raiders' offense performed well in this game. Like, the Raiders' offense and, and the Raiders as a whole, they deserve credit. I'm not going to get up here and say, the Raiders aren't a good team, they stink, they suck, albeit that was my thought coming into the game. That, look, you're telling me this team might be mentally checked out, the, like the organization's waving the white flag. You have to give them credit, they fought. They fought harder than I think every media personality, including myself, on the radio, on TV. Nobody picked the Raiders to win this game. Nobody would have said, 
without Derek Carr, they are better. Maybe outside of your niche Raider fans who do not like Derek Carr. Nobody would have said, Jared Stidham, that's my guy. They'd have been like, who the heck is Jared Stidham? And give them credit. Like, they did a good job. They almost won the game. But I do think that when you look at what San Francisco did on Sunday, I do think that you have to... Like, when that game was happening, right, I looked at it and I said, okay. I said, by the end of it, personnel will win out. San Francisco has the all-around better team. Like, at the end of the day, if the Raiders... <laughs> like, if the Niners can stop hurting themselves with penalties and blown coverages... They are going to win this game. Tighten the screws a little bit here or there. You can win this game. And I thought late when it mattered, I did think San Francisco did tighten those screws. The defense, like like Nick Bosa, what an amazing final defensive play of the game. Like big name players make big name plays. Nick Bosa having no sacks, but getting in the quarterback's face seemingly all day, although he would say himself wasn't good enough, he said Tom Brady can run through the holes I left for Stidham. That being said, on the biggest play of the game, what does he do? He pushes the left tackle into the quarterback, interception leads to a game-winning field goal. Eric Armstead, big-name player, big-paid player, what does he do? Big-name play. Big-time play. Goal line stance, literally, again, the left tackle, Colton Miller, takes a grown man, shoves him on the ground like he was nothing. Like I do to uh, my, my my sister's cousins or, 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 or my girlfriend's cousins. It's like, get out the way, right? <laughs> like, my mind thought of Eric Armstead is the uncle at the reunion where he comes in wearing the jorts and the... And, like, the Walmart Hanes tank top with the solo cup in his hand is like, get out of my way, you little kiddos, get out of my way. Because he wants to have fun. He's the life of the party, right? That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? How did that even happen? How did Eric Armstead toss a grown man to the ground? Like, it was like father-son. It was like, just move out of the way. Like, the grown man's strength was <laughs> very relevant in Eric Armstead in that play. But even then, I can point to Kyle Shanahan. He called a great game offensively. Like, it was a game where you left saying, the offense, I am bought in. That even when the defense doesn't show up or is struggling to show up, the offense can still play their part. And I'm not like, the last, the last time I thought that was, and maybe my, my, my memory's not very great here, but maybe the Saints game in 2019... Like that's the last time I can think of where the defense was struggling, right? Where they give up two touchdowns early to Benjamin Watson, the tight end, and you're like, oh my God, what's happening to us? Then he gets hurt, and then we, we know the game, right? The Saints game, 2019, Superdome. That's the last time I can think of the defense just playing their part well enough, just well enough, and even that took a George Kittle pulling five Saints defenders down the sideline to get the game-winning field goal. That's what this game felt like, right? Where it was 
Defense is struggling. They can't stop the Raiders. They can't stop the Saints. They're scoring whenever they want to. My mind, when when the Raiders won the coin toss, I said, game over with. We can't stop them. There's no way we can stop Jared Stidham and the Raiders offense. We, we, we just can't do it. Now, again, big play, Nick Bosa. But I thought the offense and Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, I thought in this game, I left saying I can believe in the Niners offense to not only play its part, but also win me a game. And I do think many fans could say that when McCaffrey got here, right? Where it was, like, we saw the impact of Christian McCaffrey. And I do think many fans, including myself, said, wow, this offense, albeit led by Jimmy Garoppolo at the time, was like, wow, this could be something. It looks like it's reached the next level. But even then, there were times where it was like, I don't know if you can actually win me a game. Or when the defense isn't having a great game, I'm still not sure you can win me a game. I no longer have that fear. I no longer am thinking of, well, you know, if San Francisco's defense doesn't hold an opponent to 20 points, where they're going to be? Now it's, okay, 34 points later, albeit against the 31st worst defense in football, this offense can still lead them to victory. And I do not think even last week against the Commanders, some thought that. I don't think even I thought that. It was, wow, top team in the NFC. We can go to the Super Bowl. That being said, if it's Mahomes, if it's Burrow, if it's Allen, and our defense cannot stop them, night-night, game over with. Now I say, even though I still wouldn't give us great odds against guys like that if they're scoring 45 points a game, right? I can still say we can actually fight. Like, they, there would still be enough punch, enough fight, enough power in the offense. They can play their part and actually win a game like that. And I do think that, that was not evident against the Commanders or even earlier in the year. But going back to this game itself, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, we talked about it beforehand, but how is he not a pro bowler? Can can somebody explain to me how this man is not a pro bowler? He had 25 touches, 193 total yards, one touchdown, could have had two. Jordan Mason, shout out, first career touchdown. But 7.72 yards, he reached 1,000 yards on the ground for the third time in his career. And here's the kicker. Chris McCaffrey, which he will get, is 14 yards away from passing Eric Dickerson for the most scrimmage yards by a mid-season acquisition. Again, is Christian McCaffrey the greatest mid-season acquisition of all time? I mean, it kind of feels that way. Now, again, you got a long season left still, albeit one week of the actual regular season. Go get the championship, then we'll have that conversation. But right now, it kind of looks like that. Like, right now, you're pointing to him and saying, I mean, I, OPY? <laughs> or, or, or at least, you know, 
give him the credit he deserves, and the Pro Bowl didn't do that. Like, how? Why? Miles Sanders? He's been awful the last three weeks. Tony Pollard, he's a good player, but, I mean, he doesn't not even on the same level as Christian McCaffrey. And I love me some Tony Pollard. George Kittle, great in this game, albeit, you know, not many yards, handful of catches, but again, <laughs> but, but again, George Kittle, big name, makes big plays. He has five touchdowns in his last three games. Five. Five touchdowns. We have not seen this type of offensive explosiveness from George Kittle ever. Ever. He has nine touchdowns this year. Career high, which he already surpassed last week for a career high. <laughs> like, it seems like Shanahan is dialing up, designing more big plays for George Kittle downfield. And I think, like, here's the thing. Kittle was great. McAfee was great, right? Ayuk was great. Debo Samuel didn't even play. Elijah Mitchell didn't even play. And this team put up, like, the Niners have put up 37 points in back-to-back weeks against the top 10 defense, and albeit a bad defense in the Raiders, but still, like, these, this game against the Raiders builds character. It builds confidence of, wow, our boys who have had our back all year, they ain't shown up today. Warner and Greenlaw and who who got hurt, but Warner and Greenlaw and and Mooney Ward and, and Lenore and Hufunga and Gibson, they ain't showing up today. What do we have to do? We have to put up 37 points? Can we do that? Yeah. Done it twice in a row. Twice in a row. In the last two second halves, San Francisco has put up, listen to this, in the third and fourth quarter in the past two games, they've scored 53 points in the past two second halves. And again, you don't trust the offense as much? You don't believe the offense can play their part anymore? Or, or you know, n- maybe as much as the defense was? Like, the Niners' defense gave up 135 yards on the ground. 365 Passing yards, over 500 yards. And the offense said, we can still win you a game. Again, they gave up exactly 500 yards. Possessed the ball one less minute. Had two less first downs and still said, we can still win you this game. I... Like, this game instills more confidence in me than I can argue any other game this year, and it might be the ugliest win of the season. Brandon Ayuk is still receiver number one with no Debo Samuel. 74 catches, 956 yards, eight touchdowns, like Kittle, a career high. And without Debo Samuel this year, Ayuk averages five and a half catches per game, 85 receiving yards per game, and a half a touchdown per game. And again, that's with no Debo Samuel, who is going to play likely on Sunday against the Cardinals. 
who is going to be healthy for the playoffs. This team, <laughs> surprising, but they might be hitting their stride or at least getting back into their stride offensively. Like, when's the last time a Niners offense put up 37 points in back-to-back weeks? Can you even remember that? I I can't. I can't even think of when's the last time San Francisco put up 35 points, 30 points in back-to-back games. It feels like it's didn't happen this year until now. Like this, this right now is their stride offensively. Shanahan's in a groove. Purdy's feeling good. He can learn from this game. McCaffrey, he has an ankle sprain. He'll be okay. That being said, he was at 200 yards. <laughs> it's like people are angry and, oh, I'm worried. I'm so worried about the team. Why? Your offense proved they can do what I can argue previous offenses couldn't. That if your defense gave up 25 points, that's an L. Now they can give up 28 points and you can still win. Now, albeit you don't want that, but my point is the offense can actually play its part and actually overplay its part. It has life explosiveness. Like, In this game, I had no worry the offense wasn't going to score. Now, it was going to be who scores last, and that was San Francisco. But it wasn't, oh no, we might not score. It was, oh no, can our defense stop Stidham? And they did when it mattered. Drake Jackson, interception, Kerry Hyder, great play. Like, there were pivotal points in this game where despite... A rough, rough outing by this defense. The number one defense still found a way to shine. And that was over overlooked because of how good San Francisco's offense was. On a day where they gave up 500 yards total, San Francisco's defense made two of the biggest plays of the game. Two interceptions, two great plays by defensive linemen. Bosa, Jackson, Hyder, Gibson. Like, I understand some fans saying, 34-7 to the Raiders? Don't look at the box score. I leave this game feeling arguably better. Now, do I wish it was 35-10? to Yeah, I do. We all do. We should have killed them. But guess what? You didn't. And when life surprises you, how do you react? It's the fight or flight. Do you fight or do you flight? Well, this team has a lot of fight in them. And I can argue more than most teams in football. How do you fight through two losing, you lost two quarterbacks. You lost Debo, who you thought was gone for the year and he wasn't, thankfully. lost Mitchell twice. And you go down against the Raiders and you storm back and win 37-34 in OT. This team has fight in it, ingrained in its culture, in its defense, which we already knew, and now we know even more so in the offense. And where does that start? Is it Kyle Shanahan? Probably. But it might start towards the top 
with Brock Purdy. That might be the difference here. In his first four starts in his career, Brock Purdy, 70 for 104, 67 comp percentage, 929 passing yards, 230 yards per game. It's not great. It's not outstanding. Nine total touchdowns, about two and a quarter per game. That's pretty good. You know, it's not, it's not bad. It's about 14, just over 14 points a game. 115.3 average passer rating. He's 4-0. He's the first rookie to win his first four starts. Insane. Did you know Brock Purdy has a... <clears throat> Jesus, man, why am I going to talk? Did you know Brock Purdy has a touchdown percentage of 6.7 on 150 attempts? Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL with 6.4%. The only other quarterbacks that have a over 6% touchdown percentage, Tua Tagovailoa, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Brock Purdy, in a very, very short sample size, is doing things that elite quarterbacks do. Now, I'm not I'm not calling him elite. I'm not saying he's Burrow now and in Mahomes, but I just want you to gain some perspective. That going back to my question earlier, what more does he have to do? He can evade pressure. He can make Big plays when the play breaks down. He can hit the deep ball. He's unafraid to hit the deep ball. He can go on the road and win divisions. He can beat the greatest quarterback of all time. And this story might not end how it starts. I can give you that. I can admit that to you. But that doesn't change where we are now, what he's doing today. Because it's not just game manager type stuff. And again, I'm not saying he's a top guys. But at least analytically, he's near the top in the NFL. He's doing things that he may come down to earth on. But why can't he come down to earth on them next year? Why can't he come down to earth during OTAs and training camp next year? Why can't he come down to earth after the Super Bowl? We've seen things like this before, although rare, although you should not bank on them, although not quite like this exactly. We've seen Trent Dilfer's and Nick Foles and all the other things that you might point to and say, those are the anomaly. But I've also seen a guy bagging groceries win a Super Bowl, and then have a decade-long Hall of Fame career. And the last time I checked, Brock Purdy was good enough to not be bagging groceries. He got drafted. He made an NFL roster. He beat the backup quarterback. And now he's proven he's checked off another box. 
despite you and myself still having the questions of, look, I just don't know how long this lasts. All I'm asking is, just last long enough. That's the same questions most girls ask your men in the bedroom. And it's the same question I'm asking Brock Purdy this year. Just last long enough. I don't care what happens afterwards. Let me feel good now. Let me get mine. Right? That's the whole saying, right? I just want to get mine. I want to get mine. I want to feel good too. Well, right now, in a non-sexual way, Brock Purdy's making me feel good. And I would like to think, leaving this Raider game, he might make you be feeling even better. That you don't have to worry of, can we come back? Again, the big question is, how or what other box do you need him to check? He may not be a franchise guy. He may make the rookie mistake. He may still have you worried. But ask yourself, with Jimmy, with Kaepernick, with Alex Smith, with other quarterbacks outside of Steve Young and Joe Montana, those guys, even at their peaks, Jimmy in 2019, Cap in 2012 and 2013, Alex in 2011, there were still worries, still question marks, right? I'm not saying Purdy's flawless. I'm not saying that there aren't things to go, well, that one play, everybody has that stuff. Nobody's flawless. But again, just last long enough. J-L-L-E, just last long enough. Put that on a freaking t-shirt. <laughs> Put Brock Purdy's 13 under it. <laughs> all I'm asking for. It's a new year, which means nothing in hindsight. My new year has been utterly crappy so far. It has. The NFL's new year has been kind of crappy thus far. But look, at the end of the day, San Francisco won the football game. They won the football game. And I have more confidence in this team now than when I left or when I came in to Sunday's game. That being said, you can use our promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Whether it's the Cardinals game or a playoff game, use that discount code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS, and save yourself $20 off your first Purchase at SeatGeek.com. Also, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave that review. My name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful.